welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beaky. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 15 of season four of This Osteopathic Life. And for those who might have been wondering, yes, this is still the summer series, and I thank you for rolling through the hiatus. If I've learned anything this year, 2022, is that there is sometimes a schedule beyond our knowing and beyond our control. Now, I'll pause here and I'll say that absolutely, could I pre-record and batch these episodes and have them ready and on a schedule and set forth? I could. And will I? Maybe. That might be something to approach to consider, and I fully respect that, and I fully respect the consistency and work toward that. I've also always enjoyed recording episodes as they come through and come forth, and finding the balance between those two is something to consider. And ironically or not, the topic, the concept we're going to review today is forte. And if we just take a quick hop in before setting the stage, just noticing sometimes that planning and the structure are not my forte. And what that doesn't mean is that I don't have to force myself to go there, but it also doesn't mean it's completely off limits and isn't something worth exploring. And we always have those options and seeing what works for us and thinking about the why of what we're doing, the impact of it, and how we can optimize our situation, but also not always having to optimize everything. And sometimes being okay with things simply being as they are. All that said, we are here and my intention in creating this was beginning with the Friday episode with fulfillment and then recording shorter episodes through the week and coming back with a new and more usual length, let's say, episode on the Friday. Now, all of that was derailed this week for a variety of reasons. And I still have the concepts that I wanted to bring forth. We're using that alliterative approach. And so we're just going to go through them. I'm going to record them and I'm going to record the main episode that anchors. It's going to come out on a Saturday today. And then we'll continue forward. And if you have been in these spaces where you have an idea and you have a plan and it does not always come to fruition, I want to encourage you to first be very gentle with yourself and not stay in a super critical space and wonder why you couldn't get it done in the way that you said that you could, and then abandon everything entirely. Instead, perhaps, look at what was the original intention. And if you are interested in getting back on track with that, and this I do with and for myself quite often, and it can be helpful because there are times when absolutely the consistency does come through, and it takes examining what got me off track? What blocked me here? Sometimes things do just happen. And if we want to mitigate for them, then we go through, we put some more safety measures in place so that certain variables, we make ourselves less vulnerable to certain variables happening in the world around us. And that would include pre-recording and batching. And I have colleagues who do an amazing job with that. 
and I can look to that and see if I want to adapt it in. Notice if it is something that blocked you internally rather than in the world around you. For me, there were a combination of both. So I spontaneously traveled midweek this past week. And while I can absolutely record a podcast anywhere, I use my phone, I use my computer, I had both with me. In the setting where I was, I could have recorded it. There were some times, but there was a combination of both being kind of tired and choosing rest, which for me is actually a greater victory and breakthrough than powering through and recording no matter what. I have done that before. I have actually dozed off in the recording of my own podcast. And we could look at that as a content quality issue or a literal fatigue issue. And I've had a sleep specialist on the podcast, Dr. Funke, in the past, who, if she hears this, I'm sorry and I'm doing better. And look, I chose rest. I chose rest and not to record through fatigue. So just checking in with that. But what I also noticed was recording the podcast in the setting where I was in hotel with all my kids snoozing would have required me to whisper. And I want to be able to speak freely and say what I'm saying. And not that the content is complicated or problematic, but more just the nature of being able to speak at the volume of my choosing. And there is an unintentional, but we're going to ride that wave segue into this concept of forte. So when you hear that word, what comes to mind? And I've given you some different options here, and there really are only a couple on the official definition, but perhaps which speaks to you first. And so as a musician, I think of forte as a dynamic directive in telling you to play strong and to play loudly in a certain section of the piece. Now, I also notice that forte as a cellist could be a complicated place. There are many times and in many groups in which I played, we had really strong cello sections. And oftentimes we would have to mute our forte for an element of balance. And that is such an interesting concept. And that can happen to us out in the world beyond the musical space where it is calling for loud, but your loud is too much for the balance of the collective. And too much is a place worth exploring and noticing how we can bring our strength in sound, maybe without elevating the volume. And can there be a way that we play with a richness and a fullness? And if we take this into our own lives, uh, we speak with a richness and a fullness and a confidence and a consistency. We'll bring that word through again. That isn't necessarily yelling or increasing the noise of it, but the strength of it and the robustness of what we're offering out into the world. Just seeing that and seeing how that impact might be and noticing there are times when everyone is encouraged to play louder. So in a piece of music, there can be a time in a section where the whole ensemble has the same direction for their dynamic on the page. And we all elevate together and everyone's parts are held in that equal space. And that can be a really powerful experience as an audience member, just feeling that, feeling that rise and the expansion and again, the strength of it. Yes, an increase in the noise, but ideally in a beautiful and purposeful and meaningful way that is telling the story of that piece of music. There are also times when only 
one section, maybe even a person, there might be a soloist identified, has that directive and the rest are advised. They are directed to reduce, to play piano. And again, it's about the volume, but also about the character and the tone of the music in that space. So that the music doesn't stop, and it can. There certainly can be rests that really highlight a forte in a different section. But it reduces, and that's such an interesting word, I hesitate to even say it. But it creates a different ambiance, a different atmosphere, a different foundation, a different background, so that the forte played upon that comes through in such a beautiful way. And it can highlight the harmonies, and there can be these lines that are carried through. And so just recognizing that there are times in our lives when we are called to that strength and that volume and voice together. And there are times when we are called to, wow, why is reduced coming up? And why is it so hard for me? I'm just going to let it be. There are times when we are called to lessen our volume so that another can be highlighted. Another can play that key part in the moment and their voice can be heard. And it's interesting, different instruments have a different quality and resonance. Some might carry through, right? A forte of a piccolo might resonate with less force because of the pitch at which it is played and it cuts through the collective. There can be other instruments where that forte can be almost dampening of the rest of the group. And so recognizing what does my forte feel like? And in my life, how have I been challenged to play louder? Could I meet the expectations? Sometimes there's that call from the conductor to more, more, play more, ring out more. And can you meet the expectation of the strength of voice that is being asked of you? And have there been times when you have been muted and subdued, when playing at your full strength was too much for a situation? And are there times that that can be appropriate and it can be about the rebalancing and the integration? There can be. But check in and notice that there have been times when you've been told you are too much and that really wasn't appropriate. It wasn't fair. It wasn't reflective. And actually, your full strength would be beneficial. And perhaps others need to adjust and adapt around it. And we talk a lot about adaptation and the impact of working so hard to fit in and what that does to our health, mental health, physical health, emotional health, and so seeing, right? If you are attuned to your own sense of strength in the space, and if making those adjustments actually is reasonable and manageable and is not taking you out of your true way of being, and check in for those times when it absolutely is and be willing to advocate for yourself in that space. And that doesn't mean just blast through and ignore any direction and pretend you are the only person on stage when you are in an ensemble. Absolutely, we pay attention to those around us. We exchange energies, we get feedback, and we make adjustments. But notice when they are sustainable and they embrace the success of the collective and of you included in that, and when they are compromising and challenging, not in the way that leads to growth. That's looking at forte from that directive of strength of sound and volume and quality. I'd love to hear from you, your experience with forte from that perspective. Forte 
is also a descriptor for a strength, a thing at which someone excels. And as we started out unintentionally, but we welcome all that comes through in the podcast, the planning and the structure, and that's interesting because it pulls in our osteopathic tenet of structure and function, in some of the more traditional ways, may not be my strength. And accepting that, recognizing it, deciding what about that deserves and would benefit from being addressed and strengthened, but likely won't flop into being my greatest strength. Interesting to use flop of the flip and flop choices there. But let's talk about owning strengths. And if you're talking through the osteopathic concept of seeing the health, so rather than focusing on what is not your strength, take a moment and allow yourself to see what is your strength. And as a reminder, that's not to ignore those other components. We're not ignoring diagnoses and diseases in osteopathic medicine, but we are keeping the lens. We are keeping the focus. We are paying attention to the health, the good, the positive, not in a toxic way, not in an ignorant or blinded way, but in a way that holds space for it all and honors that which is good so that the movement and the focus and the progress and the expansion and the evolution are toward that. So what is a thing at which I excel? I'm going to use me because it's me here recording, and I encourage you to consider this. What is something at which you excel? And let yourself put a whole bunch of things down on paper, speak them out loud, put them in the notes in your phone, record them back to yourself. And for me, being able to adapt and be flexible and spontaneous is a space of strength, right? Creating and engaging in this experience for me and my children over this past week on a relatively short notice, recognizing the window of time for a number of different variables was brief and could we make it happen and pull it off and put those pieces in place? And did it mean making some adjustments in different ways, finding those things that were hard stops that could not be adjusted and figuring out how to accommodate them while on the road and then letting some of those other pieces go, considering that they could happen, like the podcast, I had the materials with me, my intention was to record them and then tuning in to notice the energy just didn't match. And again, that sense of needing to whisper it rather than speak it at the volume with the energy that I really embrace in these moments wasn't right. And it was okay in supporting myself in making those decisions. A thing at which someone excels, a thing in which I excel, doing different things. You have been with me through various iterations and episodes of Never One Thing. And I just had a conversation recently with a colleague who shared their experience working in different places and how it can seem crazy. It wouldn't necessarily work for everyone, but for them, it allowed them to take different perspectives. And when one space was feeling like too much or overwhelming or exhausting, there was this refreshment of going into a new space and being able to see the good of that space and also take some of the benefits of the other place with them and just seeing that balance come to fruition. So while your never one thing might not work for me and vice versa, find the way that it can work for you and embracing those pieces of you that are complementary and allow you to be in a space more sustainably 
because you know there are options and alternatives. And all that said, no problem if you are a hyper-focused person and that is working for you. So maybe your never one thing is never one thing of doing a bunch of stuff at the same time. And for me, being able to draw upon different experience in athletics, in education, in medicine, in parenting, and pull them all together and draw from them to allow them to strengthen the others. Taking my experience as a coach into parenting, huge benefits there. And also in the other direction, I've been on many coaching calls where the way I can best explain what I'm thinking or something that I'm sharing, a teaching component to one of my clients is from the experience of parenting and all that it has taught me. Bringing in my experience as an athlete and really into the consistency there, if there is one place where consistency is my forte, it is in the act of physical activity and exercise. It is a near guarantee that I will perform some type of physical activity or exercise every day. And actually, again, speaking to the benefits of rest, taking rest is actually not my forte, but I am working on incorporating that and honoring that staying constantly varied in my types of movements allows me to be consistent with movement on majority of days because I'm paying attention to the volume and the type and the style and the impact and how it's offering me both a physical benefit, but also a mental, spiritual, emotional benefit in drawing all those pieces together. So even recognizing that, interesting to see that when you take the view of what is a true strength, a true forte for you, without question, you can actually notice that those things that you might be wishing were a little bit more true, a little bit more of a forte for you, exist in there. How fascinating is that? So taking that time to allow yourself to see what it is that is your forte and what it means to own that, to not only just acknowledge it and accept it, but approve of it and really embrace it for yourself. What I think is so fascinating is I'm looking at the definition on the page here. The example of a forte was a negative. Small talk was not his forte. And so often, that is the way we use that phrasing. And that can simply be the social conditioning of how we engage with it. But why? Why, when we're talking about a strength, is the way that we engage it in a sentence, always acknowledging what isn't, right? That's not my forte. And that is the colloquialism as we embrace it. But what if we can make a shift? This is the osteopathic shift to the phrasing around forte, to saying, oh, that's my forte. And even just saying that right now, it doesn't sound as natural because it's not what we're used to hearing. And also there's that sense of, ooh, can we, are we allowed to say that? Are we allowed to just tell people that we're good at something? And I'm saying this, and my heart rate's going up. I could actually probably tap into my watch. We'll go back at this moment in time and look at it. Because I even have that feeling of like, ugh. I don't really want to say that to people and like they're going to not like it. But at the same time, why not? Why not own our strength? And what if that is where our power lives? Not just in the forte itself, but in the owning of it. And if we tie that all back in to the musicality aspect of it as well, own the forte 
and own it in the way that does work with the collective, absolutely. But play with strength and confidence and beautiful tone and know that this is your part to play and that it actually is written in, right? It is part of the purpose of the piece. And so you showing up and not playing timidly in that place that has been designated as meant to be heard is going to benefit the collective, is going to please the director, and we're not looking for external approval, but let's just go with it. And it's going to enhance the experience of the audience who is taking that in. And you could put anybody in those roles. So who is your collective? And how is you playing with strength at the part at which you excel for their benefit as well? And how is you playing for that, enhancing the experience of those in the world around you who are taking it in? It might be the people with whom you work. For my fellow physicians, it might be for those patients. Own your strength. They want to know, right? That is a space where we can say, absolutely, yes, this is my zone of genius. This is my forte. I do this well. I have studied this and practiced this. And it doesn't mean we are impervious to any humanity around it, but it is a both and space. So as we come through this, and as we think about what forte means on the page in the dictionary and what it means to us internally and how we can engage from that, what opportunities we have to really own our forte. And I'm going to bring this through here because I did not know this. I'm just going to lay that out there. Forte is also the part of a sword or foil blade that is between the middle and the hilt, and that is the strongest part of the blade. And just seeing in your life, in the amalgamation of all the things that are the composition of you, see where that strongest point is and see the power of leading with that and the purpose of leading with that. And even knowing that it's available is so meaningful to you. So in this summer series, we will round it all out. We're getting there. We're going to recognize our forte. We're going to own it. We're going to consider if rather than using it in a diminishing way to say, oh, that's not my forte, we can offer up to one another. Maybe you share this episode and then you say to that person, well, my forte is this. That's my forte. I'm going to get some stickers. That's my forte. And bring that forward into the world and see how we all benefit from owning that place of strength. This is Dr. Millie Beakey with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.